Welcome to Seize the GM. I'm your host, Zended. I am your co-host, Jules. And I'm Garda Moje. Have you ever had a great idea for a campaign? Do you have a group of friends who want to play an RPG, but you have no one to run it? Do you want to see what the world is like behind the GM screen instead of in front of it? Well, we're here to help you do just that. Each week, the three of us will be discussing various GMing topics, terminology, maps, atmosphere, world building, you name it. So sit back and relax. Let us help you. Improve your art of GMing. One show at a time. Banter, banter, banter. And we are entering the banter segment. And welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM. Hey, it's uh, no longer February. It, Yay. It is. <coughs> that is correct. It is now sometime into March. <laughs> A few minutes. In. It, it is the future and the past. <laughs> it is everywhere and nowhere. Yes. It is infinite and timeless. Well, I mean, timely speaking, everybody who we think is going to listen to this is in the future, and our recording of it is in their past, so do we simultaneously exist in two different time periods? I consider that just a wash. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I work too much, and then my brain goes into very, very strange places. I understand that feeling. I'm, I'm taking days off. I'm taking some vacation time. So, uh, lucky. Yeah. Well, I, I need it. I am. I am working on stuff for the show. So, as as those that have been paying attention to the sh- to the website and and various other things on social media and stuff, you will see that I have been working uh, diligently on updating a few things. Mm-hmm. Yay. Upgrades, updates, the future. The future. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy, uh, but I'm I'm working at it. Hopefully, people are enjoying what they're what they're going to see from us in the near future. So, and yep, it should be interesting. Hopefully, yeah. So, uh, news. I will be attending Origins this year. Yay, me too. It was it was confirmed. I got my my vacation time approved to be able to take that. So I am gonna be going. So um, what I'm, what I'm gonna pictures. try to do oh, I'm planning on taking and Instagramming and tweeting and all kinds of crazy stuff like all weekend. And nice. I'm hoping to be able to try to get some potential interviews that we can release the same day. That should be interesting. Yeah. Turnarounds. I'm, I'm going to have uh, my phone has now got unlimited data so I can tether it <laughs> and spit out a lot of content in like a week if I need to from the show. So there might be like daily updates coming out and I'm taking my phone with my uh, lapel mics and my, my hub so that I can record like up to five people at once. So this could get really fun. (laughs) That's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to do like a sit down like we have done in the past, simply because that is a lot of me lugging around a bunch of stuff. So I'm probably <laughs> nah, going to nah, nah. Just just go full gargoyle, you know, the full backpack, <laughs> microphones, cameras that can view in multiple optical sensor arrays. You know, just just go full just go on crazy. gargoyle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to do that, but okay. <laughs> but I will have my laptop so I can at least record into that. If we do decide to do a big sit down with a bunch of people, so 
because I've got really long extension cords for everything. And so, yeah, it'll be fun. And maybe if we're really good, we can do a one shot of something with us and maybe somebody else or a couple somebodies from some we other, can tap some other we've, places. We've got a lot of we got a lot of options and a lot of awesome people we know we can talk to. Yeah, and actually uh there is we are going to be talking with I know we are going to be talking with uh Opti about the uh upcoming miniatures game that he's working on Ooh. and the role-playing game that is coming after that should be spiff whoa yeah so it it's going to be interesting and he is super excited to have us talking with him about it so it's not just in the same uh group of people that they're usually talking to so well, we love opti we do and he's fun and We'll we'll have a blast with it, I think. So, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll get a chance to like preview it at the show because I know the the Kickstarter goes live in July. I have I have that written down somewhere, actually. That <laughs> you I can am make certain. I do. He he told me that it was it was live. And it is going to be live. Yeah, July 13th is when it's going to go live. So Just a few months away. Save yeah. up now. Buy the big uh, tears. Yeah, it's going to be cool. But, <laughs> so. Yay. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff coming in the next few months from the show. So hold tight, folks. It's going to be a fun ride. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, or, fun, or interesting, did. demonically crazy kind of, I don't know, maybe Eldritch or something. Who knows? Or it could be a dumpster you're, fire. You're still describing oh. a fun ride. Yeah. Dumps, yeah, but dumpster fires, those smell. Well, yeah, but it does lead into our topic for today, which is GM dumpster diving, which is a fun, you know thing to talk about so what is this thing that we're going to call gm dumpster diving wait no no i got it it's where you take your dice in your book you go to a back alley with your players and you just kind of sit there and roll dice there (laughs) i mean that might be the case but if you're in any big major metropolitan city you really don't want to be doing that because it's going you're going to get urine stains on stuff that's probably bad (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. What we're talking about is, you know, have you ever been there? You know, you're kind of sitting around, you're looking at all of your gaming and crafting stuff, and you're like, okay, I need to make this widget for the game. Or make a representative for something. Right. Or, heck, even, and here's another one, or, like, you need to come up with uh, terrain. Like, you're going to be having, like, an epic like battle on a field with something, but you're not really exactly sure how to do it. These are kind of uh, the ideas of grab what you have. Here's a couple of little interesting hacks to use what you have. So you don't always have to go to the game store or say it's going to be a one shot thing and you want to invest all that much money. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, ways to, you know, those that love minis and again, damn you, Zed and and damn you, Peter. Responsibility. Well, uh, damn you, Peter, and damn you, Zed, for for starting me on the painting thing. But I I love them, but sometimes it's, you know, all right, I can't hold them right, so I had to get a little uh, geegaw to hold them. But it's it's too tight, and it squishes, and I can't get my paintbrush where I need it to go. You know, so you put a bigger base on it. So these are kind of like little hacks to make, you know, not just, you know – you know, coming up with with stand-ins so that you're not going to go broke for. Or if you're trying out, like, a new game and, you know, you realize, hey, you know what, this will be kind of cool because it's more three-dimensional than, like, uh, Dungeons & Dragons. 
which has some 3D bit, but if you, it's something like really 3D or could lend itself to 3D so you could build stuff up and down or represent it a lot of it easier. But, you know, you don't know if you're going to like it, so why not get some stand-ins? Yeah. So, I mean, why don't you... I, <laughs> see, and I've got all kinds of stuff because I've I've had to do this for a, a number of different things. You got so, yep. Like, one thing that is amazing for like if you need to like create elevated sections use your books you've got all these books laying around i mean you brought them to the table <laughs> lay them down use cell phones to represent vehicles because who doesn't have a a car you know in a modern game or a science fiction game you know they're about the right size for being able to put like four or five minis on Oh, yeah. So mm, I feel like my phone from a decade ago would have been better for a Blade Runner game than my current one. Yeah, but if and here's a good one. If you're doing Deadlands or something set in the Wild West, get an old deck wagon. of cards. Yeah. Yeah. You can, yeah. And here's, here's some of the cool ones because there's – especially with decks of cards because, you know, you can always get – and I will bring up our sheriff's uh, Pokemon deck of doom. Ugh. God, that thing was scary. But the <laughs> thing is, is for us – you know, when we were playing, it's like we wanted something that felt a little bit more time, timey and stuff. And our sheriff as a Christmas present, but all of us a, a deck that kind of fit our characters. So, you know, it's like, okay, we had like this gunmetal kind of cool steampunky one for our mad scientist. So it's like, okay, his, uh, the, the case, uh, the box, thank you, case, the box was, uh, his wagon. Yeah, you know, but we we had another one that was a, a bounty hunter, so his thing. But we use that as a stagecoach, so it actually also kind of fit that since we already had certain things kind of tied to it. Right. And and I'll I'll bring up probably one of the coolest things we've had to do for uh, improvisation. Uh, Zippy, we are playing uh, a uh, tallest game a couple years back, and our GM was ruddy brilliant, and is oh my god, his his wife knew how to do kind of the improv finding stuff for you know your games so he 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 pretty much was druid wizard and then went the arcane hero font so when he got his familiar it's like a familiar plus plus because mm-hmm. it's like the animal companion and the familiar kind of smashing a one so we decided to go with a uh denekiosaur that actually had a high intelligence smoked a pipe it was the velociraptor <laughs> and no, we're not kidding. But the thing nice. is that our our GM and his wife, she had a old little um, uh, like a, a a a raptor, you know, kids toy, you know, gotten out of a McDonald's meal that or some kind of thing. It was like one of the you know the the stuff cheap stuff you find, um, you know, like the 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 young kids toys at, at like you know at Target or something. Yeah. But it was the perfect size. You know, accidentally, they had gotten it. It was actually the perfect size because he was, you know, he also served as a mount. So about the size of a horse. And compared to the mini and everything else, we could actually put the mini on it. And when you pulled the tail, it kind of did that velociraptor shriek. (laughs) But it was it was like a two dollar toy kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so if you've got like toys or or collectibles that you got, like in loot crates or as bonus things or or. uh, cool swag from your from your uh uh like when you go to conventions and stuff yeah. you know those and i'll be honest sometimes it the and the other one of the best ones she we uh we were getting ready to um and i have a picture of this we were getting ready we're all like mid we're like mid to high level characters around like 12th 13th level and she had just done a whole bunch of cuttings and repotting of a whole bunch of plants so she had two of the pots and bam, right on the table. So we're looking at them and they're ten, and we're like, yeah, now you see two chandridulas and they, the size fit. And we had like yeah. live plants in front of us, in front of the minis. I mean, we got pictures of this. Yeah. I remember but, this. I remember you showing me the pictures of that. Yeah. But that's the, the other kind of thing. So it's like, I, I have an aloe plant. So if I wanted to make like a, a viney whippy kind of stabby kind of, big huge monster plant boom put it right there you know that's 
you know that i mean the thing is like we've got like board games and we all everyone has board games that you know you've lost pieces for um you know the uh rip them apart for the for the bits yeah um, you'll get meeples and some and sometimes the little um like it, I can't remember, like some of the older board games that have a little plastic like pog thingy, pokey thingies. Yeah. You know, you can actually set those up as like um, uh, like roadblocks or stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you can do that. You can also use a lot of those old school like um, pawn like those pawn pieces. Oh yeah, you like, like you like, can yeah, totally from sorry just and stuff. steal those as well, this is my mini because you don't have a mini. Like, okay, this is my mini. Like, or use those as like, like if you're under a, or if you're under an effect of something. Like if you're invisible, use the white pawn. Yeah. So if you have your standard mini, but if you're under different effects, you can kind of swap them in so it's swap a visible them. representation. Yep. Which is a lot of fun. There's so, so many. You, there's so many little uh, goofies, you know. Yeah. I mean, I go with what I went with for the longest time before I really started getting any miniatures. Lego. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Lego. Not just minifigs. I mean they minifigs are nice, but oh, yeah. you, you can also literally yeah, build oh, the terrain. Yeah. You can build your monsters. I mean yep. absolutely. Yeah. And and kind of going off on the Lego thing, if you've got a set of dominoes and uh, the DM of our, our current D D game and uh, where I am playing a blessed a member of the Blessed Regiment of Strength, B R O S. I am a bro, and, and and Zippy is playing another bro as well, and it's hilarious. He's like, "Can you hand me a pamphlet, brochure?" So we're doing puns like that all the time. <laughs> but what he told us uh. that he learned, and this is the cool thing, he had like a set of dominoes, and he take you know put the map out and take a couple of dominoes, shake them up into tan. And just randomly kind of toss them out. And depending on the number on the domino, you know, if it if there was no pips at all, it would be okay. It's like, okay, there's a there's a um like a like an oppression here, but it's not like a deep thing, but it's kind of more like a sinkhole-ish thing. But if it was, you know, if it was like six pips, it's like uh it could be like a boulder, uh f- like three pips was a really big tree, one pip was a bush. Okay. So, so you and, just use those, and, and it was fully and yeah. And he he put he already knew what each of the pips were going to be, and he had like a little legend. He wrote those out, but it was great because one, it was randomized. So the DM had a lot of fun, kind of coming up with strategy because it wasn't like he could plan all these strategies and then spring them on us. Right. So what he and the thing is, and and, and I love that because. He would have to be thinking on the fly too, along with us, even though he knew what he was planning. Right. So because and if, it was it, it was there. Like he had was, he had something to work with, but he didn't have all of the pieces. Yet. Exactly. And since it was, you know, I mean, yeah, he still put in, he's like, I'm not gonna have all mountains and you know, because we've all had those procedurally generated levels in, in RPGs, and I know no, you've been through these. Where it you can't complete it because it randomly generated itself into a corner. <laughs> so yes. you know that's yeah. the one thing because you could look at it. Okay, it's like no, that makes absolutely no sense. You know. Yeah. And it was, and by doing that, it keeps it also kind of fresh. You know. Um, uh, oh, by the way, the time a, of Amazon. A... Check your packings. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. didn't want to, before I forgot that. No, but go uh, get back. But there's there is. Or there was, I don't know if it was a TikTok video or something, but it was traveling around on Twitter and somebody had created a way to make maps just using, like, basically they took, because most gamers have bags and bags of dice. And basically what they did was they took, like, a handful. They just reached in, grabbed a handful, and tossed them out onto the paper. And... You know, like a D4 was like forest and, you know, a D6 was this and that. So they had like all of these terrain features for like big maps. And then they would draw them out real quick and have like an entire continent in literally the toss of a hand that was totally randomized. 
And then they had like, you know, what each die type, what it led to, you know, what, what terrain features it had and everything. And it was really cool. I actually wrote it down and it's in a notebook that I keep with all of my gaming inspiration stuff because something like that could be used just with what you have laying around. Because not everybody is good at making those big maps or even little maps. I mean, use that concept, but to do a battle area. And instead of like forest, it's, oh, there's a tree there. And, oh, those are mountains. Okay, there's a rock there. You know, you could just change it, change the scale, and all of a sudden you've got an entire battlefield. Oh, yeah. Like that. And it was kind of a neat way to do it. And it was quick. Like, once you had it tossed out, it was just like, draw this shape. You know, draw a random shape. It doesn't even have to be, like, real. It just has to be kind of so you have a ballpark of what it's supposed to look like. And it was kind of a neat uh, way of doing it. And I really kind of liked it. Now, I'm wanting to do something more with that at some point. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. And here's and here's something actually kind of cool for all of you out there that love like the board games and the card games and stuff like that and are starting to get into your tabletop RPGs. It, I'm not saying you can cannibalize those games, but some of them come in with nifty figs. Like the, I'll be honest, the um, uh, Bloodborne game, the Bloodborne, uh, the yes, the the characters are a little bit big, but if you got like. One, it looked it would look badass in the middle of like a Victorian thing as a statue or something like that. So as long as you're you're, I know not everyone's comfortable with kind of like mixing all the stuff into something, but you know grabbing a a figurine and I'm heck even uh like from Monopoly, yeah you know, actually you know, it's you know like, what's really cool. I don't know if you guys have ever played it. Have you ever uh, played Shadows of Brimstone? What's that? It's a board game that is a Wild West setting board game, but there's like these crazy monsters that live in the in the mine that you're in. It's like a dungeon crawl board game. And hmm. uh, one of the guys that we used to game with had bought it, but had never painted the figs. So Tracy and I took them and we painted all of these figs. So there was a bunch of just, you know, there's like a, like the, the, you know, prostitute with a heart of gold, you know, mini. And then there's like the old prospector guy. And, you know, there's the, the gunslinger. And, you know, there were all these characters, you know, the, the tropes of old wild west stuff. And they were just trope characters. But then there were these cool monsters that are like, you, there were like 12 or 13 of them. And we were just like, what are they supposed to look like? He goes, I don't know. So Tracy and I just came up with a paint scheme and just painted them. And he got them and he was like, oh my God, these are amazing. <laughs> but you could take those and steal them and create all new monsters even for your game. You could just draw them as inspiration to make a whole new monster based on this just mini that you have laying around. And, you know, if you have that, something like that, or some of these bigger board games, like you can totally steal stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And the other, here's some of the other things, though, is um, for for those of us that are homeowners or, um, you know, have done home repairs, you're going to have a lot of, or build stuff. You know, it's like, you know, you go from Ikea, you're always going to have parts left over. (laughs) But here's the thing. It's like washers, you know, you get, some of the washers we've used like to repair crap around the house. Those are actually good for, you know, if, you know, uh, if you don't know exactly what kind of, you don't have minis for the monsters or something like that. Or, uh, you know, or you can use them um, when I kickstarted um, the uh, Order of the Stick. Um Kickstarter, and, and one of the things we got was like a monster for all seasons. And there are these adorable, like Totsador, little paper cutouts of all these types of monsters. And I have a whole bunch of different washers. He, uh, the instruction said, like, use a dime, use a penny. I'm like, I've got little washers, so I don't have to worry about trying to find change because who has change anymore? 
Yeah. <laughs> so, and the thing is also, if you've got um, um, minis uh, that like to fall over. Yeah. You know, they're great. And the, the other thing is also, never be afraid to go to the dollar store and go like to the cheap toy section and pick up like a handful of just, you've seen the packs of random animals or zombies or. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another thing that you can do, like if you're trying to do something that's like three dimensional and that you've got, um, use cups. Because they go over, yeah, like if you have like a clear cup, like a clear solo cup, it's big enough for you to keep the mini on, but you can like overlap things that are on the ground and you can use like if you're 10 feet, you have one cup. If you're 40 feet, you have four cups. You just use something as simple as that to gauge your height. Mm -hmm. And And facing and everything else. Because you can move those around very easily. And also so. for anyone that has had this problem for, uh, say, do I have line of sight? Do I have this and that, the other? One, yarn, string. Okay, that always works. But for me, if I'm trying to gauge distance, because um, I, have a, I have a level for my 3D printer that also has a crosshairs, um, but it also has like a, it's supposed to be used for like hanging pictures. But it also has like a bubble level, but it also has a measuring tape. And it also has, and I love it, has a crosshairs uh, laser pointer aspect. So what I can do is just like, okay, I said it. And it's just like, and if, oh, it was adorable because it's just like, and like laser pointers can be your friend. Because also if you want to see, because you don't have to go from where you are. You can also put it at the little creature dude and see if it hits you. You know, because depending on how you set the board, sometimes it's kind of hard to where you put your dudes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So also remember, you don't always have to go from you to the enemy. You can go from the enemy back to you yeah. just to gauge crap. And it also kind of gives you an idea of, Oh crap. Um, I can see it. It can see me. It's going to eat my face. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, th- that's kind of a good sp- point. I think where we're going to go ahead and wrap this up because I mean, so you guys have some ideas. If you guys have other ideas for ways that you can use things that you have laying around, go ahead and find us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're, we're on, on Facebook. Facebook. We're on Discord. We have our own oh, Discord yeah. server. Come say hi. We use a lot. Um, we also have, uh, let's see, I, I'm shutting the Tumblr down. Oh, we have Instagram, but you can't really talk too much on Instagram, but we will be posting stuff from time to time on Instagram as well. But, um, and if you feel like you want to, we also have a Patreon that you can throw a couple of bucks at us a month and you will get access to some other cool things that are not available to everybody else. Mm -hmm. And soon Mm -hmm. you will probably be able to get a hold of an entire AP before it hits the regular feed. You love these stories. It'd be great to pick those up. Yep. So, but let's go ahead and roll on into our next segment. And now we enter Stat Blocks. This is a segment where you can use something that we've created in your game tonight. Okay, so we, um, for those who, who are looking at the illustrious show notes, you will notice that Jules has nothing. nothing hey, nothing. hey, I I'm the one that carried, like the last one that I was on, I'm the one that carried it because no one did anything. I know, <laughs> which is you fine. Know. That's why we have Sorry, I've been, multiple. I've been putting people. in... Yeah, band band kind of picked up, and then we had reschedules and physical therapy and oh yeah, real life, uh, real life. That was the one thing. Yep. So I hate it. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and go first. The last journal entry of Commander Dyson. Ship date: 05, 04, 2748. 
the blip on the targeting array was the third one today. As usual, it was nothing, just a squirrel running by. Or at least what passes for squirrels on this dark hellhole of a planet. To think, we had a smart idea to come to this dark rock in the hope of finding resources we needed to get to the next system. Since we had made the mistake of touching down here, we'd better hope we can make this work. We call this place Planet UM-261. But those on the ground call it Tartarus. Then there's those damn locals. Then when those damn locals started messing with our stuff. We were supposed to treat them like children. But they're not innocent. Just backwards. The Terralax, as they wish to be called... And they're not going to stop us from getting the things we need to get off this rock. Once we realized they had huge areas of this place under their control, the only other option was obvious. Remove them with extreme prejudice. But that has not gone well, I might add. I'm hoping to get this recorded and uploaded to the ship before... End transmission. Slick. Slick. So. A creepy potential message. Yeah. But from where? Well, and that's the thing. In the show notes, what you're going to find is you will find where we do a stat block. There will also be a what you could do to put this into your game. At least some ideas of what you could do to put this into your game. So that's going to be a uh, new feature kind of going forward, I think. Because We're giving you the narrative side, but we want to give you a little bit more detail that will take up a little bit more time on the show than we want to make sure you can slip this into your game. Right. So make sure you check the doobly-doo. Yes. All right. Indeed. So what do you got? <clears throat> the sky is darkened like a storm seething in with a cacophony of thunderous cracks. But those are not clouds. That is not thunder. The sound ripples and grows. The shape's movement becomes finer as it soars in on endless wings. As if all of the world's avian things came together, the storm bears no cloud but instead brings upon it the flock of feather, talon, and claw. It is only when they are just upon the party that their otherworldly forms glow with the lie of illusion or some mass-crafted conjuration. They streak over those who dwell on the land or tear apart those who dare share the sky. No bit of flesh stays, no crop, no bug, no vermin, no life. The storm rips and consumes, it claws and mauls. It is a spell that much is known, some empowered ritual that continues to burn and sweep. But it is self-propagating, growing from the life it takes and fueling itself. The bird storm is a terror of crows, a swarm of wings that brings doom in its feathered wake. Nice! That's oh, slick! Wicked! Oh my god, Quite now, wicked. okay, so, folks... You know how we always say, you know, this is something that you can totally steal and use in your game. I'm going to steal this because I'm running an Eberron game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that would work for great in Eberron. And, and in the Mornlands. I Eberron very well, unfortunately. Oh, in Eberron, there's, a, there's an entire country that's been, like, laid to waste. And this would be amazing to have something like that just roaming that one area of the world. So, yeah, I'm totally stealing this. <laughs> See? <laughs> so, there yeah. you go. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, flip Woo! on over to uh, our next segment. Lexicon, where we give you cool words to help improve your vocabulary. Okay. So, here we go. Our word today is boulder dash i know this one i'm this is like one of those classic 1940s 1950s quiz shows 
Oh. You know, and, and they would read a card, and if the card isn't a true fact, like a myth, someone would have to yell out Boulder Dash. And if they were right, they'd get prize money. But if they were wrong, well, they would get a pie in the face. Is that what it was? I re- I remember hearing about that game. I, they did turn that into a um, into like a, a home board game kind of a thing too, didn't they? But oh, wait, did I just tap into a reality? <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's pretty close to reality. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. So this is a noun, and the definition of balderdash is nonsense. Um, the first known use of oh, the word so it's 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 everything I say every week. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, the first known use was in 1674. Holy crap! Yeah, it's actually a pretty old word. Now, here's what's really interesting. So the history and etymology of Balderdash is unknown. It was the doctor. It was the doctor. It just showed up, basically, in, in our lexicon. In that time frame, it was written down at that point. Nobody knows where it came. Well, they haven't been able to prove where it came from. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Etymology-wise, etymology or through history. So... And the lookup popularity is the bottom 50% of words. So. It's such a good word, though. It is. It's a fun word. Especially oh, just yeah. Nice. Balderdash. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it, it, I mean, it was through Here's the Pie. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But here, here's the thing. It, it, it's like, and it has much more of a, a, of a exclamatory kind of a feel to it versus, I mean, it means like same thing like as hokum, but hokum has a more derivative, like deriding kind of sound to it. Well, balderdash is kind of like, you know, like, you in, like it, a guy in a balderdash. monocle, like a monocle yes. in a top hat, like balderdash. Indeed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Well, we're folks, nuts. I think, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this bad boy up. Cause we've, We've gotten uh, we've gotten everything pretty much out. So let's go ahead and and hit some uh, closing remarks. What do you got, Noel? Well, I happen to notice that ours are both very similar in the sake of they, they both are. come from the same place. They do. <laughs> so uh, I just recently finished watching Netflix The Witcher. Oh, you finally finished it. Finally finished. I actually finished oh, something for once. Wow. And um, now I should say I have never read the books and I have never played the game. So I went into it relatively ignorant of what most of the story was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad I did because it was it's a lot of fun. It is. I, I will caveat that the way the story is told is not a way shows normally present information to the viewer and i've heard some people complain about that but it's it works it's one of those few times where you could start at a point and and move things around and it works and i don't want to spoil anything but it's just i will say this it is it is the way it tells a story is great right absolutely but it's about you have to give this show the full four episodes. Four. The first full. The first full. Oh, first four. four. Because at the oh. end of four, everything makes sense that you've seen. I think it was five or six at that point. No, if we were like by say four. That. By four, that's okay. when everything lines up. Okay. So, but yeah, it, it, it definitely asks for a little bit of investment from you. Yes. But yeah, once and I haven't there, played the games or, or done anything like that either. So it was fu- I was the same way as you. I kind of kind of went into it totally blind. So it was good though. Such, such an and and I still think Henry Cavill is too handsome to play Geralt. <laughs> I'm just saying he did a great job. Which actually, I, I will say this. I will say this. Uh, not not just dwell too long on The Witcher, but Henry Cavill being kind of the more well known actor in the series does a really good job of kind of letting Geralt fade back a little bit to let the other characters live in, and yeah. breathe and, and have room to show off 
because this could have easily been one of those shows where they were so hyper-focused on the main character that everybody else would be basically invisible, and they didn't, and that was a really good choice. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, Henry Cavill is a huge fan of The Witcher. Like He's played all the games numerous yes, I was times. Hearing a story about how he's talking about the first monster he's fighting, he's like, I could just say this one word and just it'd be dead from the fire. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's like, so it's like, yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, okay. <laughs> yeah, he has he has a lot of fun with it too. So everything that I've yeah. seen is is awesome with it. It's it's a lot of fun. Okay. Jules, what, what you got? Oh, no, no, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to oh, you. you're giving it to me. Because okay. we've already teased the Netflix okay, part. Oh, yeah, yeah, you that's can't do that. Um, <laughs> mine is uh, Castlevania, the Netflix so series. Good. And season three dropped today. I know. I, I want to go watch, but I got to wait for my wife. <laughs> I know. Uh, I was so going to just chew through it. To, like, I was like, I, I want to watch this. I want to watch this. And she was like, I'm kind of working. And you need to work on the show. So I'm like, ah, damn it, you're right. <laughs> so I have not gotten to see season three yet, but if the first two seasons are any indication, season three is going to be even better than the first two. And there is a amazing scene that I just want to rip straight out of the anime and make like... It, this this show has made me want to run games in that world. I've run games in Castlevania before. It's, it's yes, a fun setting to, do, to play in. I want to do Fate. Specific, ooh, Fate might be good, yes. <laughs> because everything as an aspect is true. Mm-hmm. So you can really play up some of the like really cool like you know speakers and stuff like that as these amazing magicians. And just because I am this thing, yeah, you know, and it really, pl- I think it would play really, really well in that, in that, uh, system without having to present a lot of, uh, problems. Like you wouldn't have to find a way to describe or explain why you're capable of doing this. It's just because I can. Mm-hmm. And there is an amazing scene in, two, in the second season near the end that I don't want to ruin, but it just shows how much of a badass one of the characters really is. Not just one of them. Like, yeah, oh, but God. Four there's, of the, there's one like, scene like in particular. If it's the, in the final episode where things it get is, real, it is things not, get real. It is not in the final episode. Oh, okay. It's before the final episode. Okay, because there is there is a lot of good in, in that entire oh, yeah. series, and, and that's another good Warren thing that Ellis. they did. Well, they also did a really good thing in that one where, again, they could focus so heavily on the Belmont and yeah. you know uh, the, the friends of the Belmont, and they don't because they let them go be silly Avatar at last Airbender style goofballs, mm-hmm. and we get yeah. these intricate plots of with the villain side of thing, yeah. and it's like this is great. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's so good. Like it is amazing. Yeah. So yeah, go see it and watch mm-hmm. third season, so that we get fourth season and fifth season. Yeah, the more the more you watch, it shows that we love it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, sidebar. Um, uh, Symphony of the Night just came out on Android and iOS. I, we're not getting any kickbacks for that, but like, just you know, if you love that game, it's 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 out there now. It's came okay. out last week. So okay. It's a good All right. game. <laughs> Jules, what you got? <laughs> Okay. One, um, I'm going to recommend there's a Steam game out there called, <coughs> excuse me, I apologize. It's called Subsurf- Subsurface Circular. And it is probably one of the weirdest and most interesting whodunits I have ever played. Um, it's pretty much, the thing is, though, that it's not like L.A. Noir where you're doing all this other crazy kind of like intro you know where you're kind of like oh you're lying you know acute no you're a robot you are a uh kind of like a like a a, an enforcement robot kind of like a police officer robot but you are bound to this metro 
So a whole bunch of different robots get on and you have to talk to them, trying to figure out this crazy mystery. But each of these robots that come on at different points and you have to choose where you're going, but you're stuck in this one car on the metro. And how each of the robots responds is probably one of the most amazing things. It, it's it shows it's like you don't have to you don't have to have like top notch graphics or you know super crazy uh, detailed miniatures. Yeah, it's prob and the thing is like each of them is so well personified and the story is very good, but they're so well personified by what they are. So there there's like there's a robot. That comes in, and I'm not giving anything away because he doesn't give anything to plot, but he just listens to music, and that's what he is. He's a music robot, and that's all he does. And you just click on him, and the music will change in the game. Oh, fun. Yeah. So that's the other – and one that last thing. Clever. Oh, yeah. One last thing about it, though. I mean, it's very short. That's the one thing I'm going to – it's kind of – but for me, it was worth it because a way of dealing a narrative – and a really deep and intriguing mystery and all this other stuff when you are sitting in one seat on a metro on a metro car. Yeah. I was I was so impressed, you know, because more engaging and, and Zippy hates me because I read incredibly fast and it, there's no voice. There's no voice. It's just text. Text comes up. You And it's and, and I'll, thank God they didn't go with the, the fallout for, you know mean sarcastic kind of thing no you you know exactly what questions you're asking but depending on who you're talking to you have to tailor your questions so it's like if you're talking to a very like a tax collector robot you have to be very very analytical but if you're talking to a nanny robot very different yeah and i i it it was a very very kind of deep experience that i wasn't expecting and I was, you know, after I finished playing, and I mean, I read super duper fast, which pissed Zippy off because he was kind of playing <laughs> over my shoulder. And he's like, I didn't get a chance to read it. I'm like, what's your problem? I was like, I was like it was like for like five seconds. I'm like, yeah, and I'm done. Because <laughs> right. normally I don't mind slowing down, but I was so engaged and I kind of realized I had been like, you know, you straighten up your and you lean forward and you kind of scooch up on your chair. Yeah. And it, I was... I was I was told everyone's I heard I have heard that played it enjoyed it, but I wasn't expecting such a deep and an interesting narrative, and I just didn't realize how you'd get caught up in the the life and psychology of these robots. So that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So check it that's out; it's on Steam, the, and it's fun. That is definitely the fun of indie developers. Sometimes, with you when you have less like that, you can produce more in a game. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. And that's that's also some of the the other thing also if I recommend people going out there and keeping an eye out, you know, not just for video games but for indie tabletop RPGs cuz somebody might find something that, you know, a big publisher or something like that would not be cool with putting out so they do it on their own. Yeah. Yeah. So, well that's really cool. Um <laughs> Well, I think that's going to go ahead and wrap us up, folks. So, until next week, well, next time, which is two weeks, uh, get out there, have some fun, play some games. Mm-hmm. And then come and tell us about it. And yes. Let us also know what other kind of cool stuff you'd like to to hear us talk about, or or if you have your own kind of GM questions, you know, not like a it, not a very very specific rules question. Is like, what if you cast true resurrection on a red dragon armor? But something on a little bit more more higher level. You know, if there's kind of stuff you'd like to go into or stuff that you've experienced, we'd love to hear from you. And send us pictures of like your uh, GM dumpster diving and what type of like you know weird figurines that you have put together for your table. And send us pictures. Oh, I should take a picture of my black. Uh... The black ooze? The do it. Yeah. The goo. Yeah, I'll have to take a picture of that one. That's a good one. I'll have to do that and put that with the show. So, I guess until next time, folks, have fun, roll some dice. And let us hear about it. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
you can contact us or the show using Twitter, Facebook, or plain old email. Our Twitter accounts are at Zendead, at Jules Podcaster, and at 2050 Gardemanger. And the show's Twitter account is at SeizeTheGM. You can find us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash SeizeTheGM. Or chat with us and other RPG lovers in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Seize the GM. You can email questions or comments to the show at admin at seizethegm.com. And if you have a few bills you want to send us, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast. And we thank you. joining us for this episode of Seize the GM. Feel free to leave a comment about this episode on our webpage, www.seizethegm.com. Let the dice fall where they may, and we'll see you all again next week. Seize the GM is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. All copyrighted materials referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is implied. The music for the show is Dreaming Spirit off the album Ghost Machine by the Enigma TNG. His music is released under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license.